Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Hello and welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati-Ratna. I'm glad you could join me today for a conversation to help you in your walk with Jesus. That's the goal of all of this, to help you grow in your walk with Jesus, to know him more, to uh, dive deep in his word, and uh, help that to uh, translate into your everyday life, your thought life, your uh, plans, your purposes, uh, all that uh, God has for you. And uh, today we have an exciting guest. My guest is Alex Kendrick. If you look him up, you'll find him wearing many hats, uh, producer, director, actor, speaker, author. He's best known for his films that he produced with his brothers, the Kendrick brothers, as they're known. Uh, movies like Facing the Giants, Fireproof, and the uh, number one uh, hit, uh, War Room. Uh, the latest one is Overcomer, and in this conversation we talk about the companion book, Defined, which I really liked. Uh, it was a good book uh, that, uh, with solid Bible uh, encouragement there. And we also talk about the other resources that are connected with it for other age groups and things like that. We talk about a very important topic in our world today, and that is identity. Uh, it gets to the very core of some very important things, and we get into some very important topics with that. So without further ado, my conversation with Alex Kendrick. All right, Alex, welcome to the show. Ah, good to be with you, Kevin. It's a great opportunity to sit down and talk about all the exciting things you got going on. <laughs> yeah, I just landed from Brazil. I spent nine days in Brazil, and uh, they're releasing the movie and their books there, and it was so exciting and refreshing to see uh, another culture worshiping the Lord and uh, just fellowshiping with them. It was very exciting for me. Do you do a lot of overseas travel with your book promotions and video promotions? For Overcomer, we did a lot. We went to, uh, let's see, my goodness. Uh, Steve and my brother went to Mexico. Then I went to Costa Rica, uh, Ecuador, Peru, and just got back from Brazil. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, we did some. <laughs> that, that qualifies as some, yes. Uh, uh, do you enjoy the travel? I'm going to ask. To a degree, I do. It's always refreshing to meet believers around the world and because uh, we have our faith in common, and so the fellowship is quick but wonderful. Uh, of course, it's good to try different foods and different cultures. That's always a plus. Um, and to see, to see how the Lord's working in different cultures is always um, refreshing to me because it's, it's not always the same as he works in the States. And so uh, that, that, was, that was really good to see. Well, well, hopefully uh, this will get to some Brazilian people and they can they can hear it as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, so since my ministry is a, a prayer ministry to start with, uh, before we dive in, we're going to talk about Defined and the over, Overcoming movie, but uh, I would do my audience a disservice if I didn't at least ask one question about War Room. Uh, <laughs> uh, coming, coming away from that, uh, now it's been a, a little bit here, uh, but... Uh, any big takeaways on the life of prayer for you personally? I mean, diving into something like that. I mean, you're already a prayer person, but uh, diving into something like that. Any big takeaways from that whole process? Wow, uh, a lot. You know, first, it gave me a new perspective on strategic prayer. You know, uh, my wife and I right now are uh, in the season of uh, young men being interested in our 
daughter in college and I've already had one of those talks where the young man comes to see me about her and uh, courting her and you know we uh, have prayed for the future spouses of our children and even more so now we've gotten more specific and strategic in how we're praying for that because we want uh, not only God's choice for them but to be asking the Lord for the right things you know there's a scripture that says you have not because you ask not. And so we are being very specific with the types of people that we are asking the Lord to draw to our children uh, as future spouses. And um, so doing War Room, I came very uh, aware of how specific that we can be with our prayers and how to fight your battles in prayer first before worrying, fretting, or trying to do something else. Um, so that was that was big for me. But But I want to say this. This will be interesting to you. Even doing the movie War Room was scary for us because on the front side, prayer is not entertaining. And closets, prayer closets, are not cinematic. And so it's hard to say this movie's going to work. As a matter of fact, our distributor said it would not work. They said, you know, talking about an old lady prayed in a closet, that's just not exciting. Who wants to see that? And so they said this may be your first bomb. And as you, you might already know, when the movie came out, it went to number one at the box office. So it did the exact opposite of expectations because we prayed and asked God for his ideas. You know, we believe in a God idea over a good idea. You know, we think we have good ideas. But when we prayed and the Lord prompted us to make this movie, I had to pray more thinking, God, is this really what you want us to do? Is this really the topic? Is this really the the structure this old lady teaching prayer, you know, in closets. But as you know, Matthew 6, verse 6 says, when you, this is Jesus talking, when you pray, go into your inner room and shut the door, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. And so there was, um, there was influence from Scripture on saying, hey, let's make a war room out of a prayer closet. Not that you have to be praying in a closet, but... The Lord taught me so much, you know, obeying him, even when it didn't make sense to me and it didn't seem like it would be a good movie, he astounded us. And so he is worthy to be trusted. He's you, you can, you know, even when it doesn't make sense, obey the Lord, walk with him and watch what he does. When, uh, when you talked about uh, this new overcomer, uh, and, and, and in doing my research, it sounds like each movie, there's kind of a season of prayer that leads up to that. Um, yeah. I just, I, and you said you felt the kind of identity in Christ was the theme that needed to be talked about with the latest movie. Uh, why do you think that's so important for the church today? So as you know, your sense of identity will drive your behavior. When my children, uh, are experienced at basketball and and they uh, they know that the coach believes in them that their parents believe in them that their 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 peers around them on the team believe in them they play more confidently they play um, more aggressively they're they're very good if they if they believe that no one thinks they're a good player they're gonna fail on the floor they behave and play differently so your sense of identity, and, and that, that, that's a small category, but your sense of identity in real life will drive your behavior. And our culture is teaching this generation to believe that your feelings determine your identity. 
Well, your feelings, that's a terrible foundation for identity because they can change so quickly. And the foundation of our identity must be in Jesus Christ. He does not change. He's an incredibly stable foundation. But also, and we talk about this in the book, the th three things I tell audiences when I'm speaking about this, God made you. Psalm 139 talks about he, he knows your words before you say them. He knows your thoughts. He knows all of your days before you live them. He knit you together in your mother's womb. So God knows you better than anyone knows you. He also loves you more than anyone loves you. He sent his son to die for you. He loved the whole world so much that he sent his son. So he loves you more than anyone loves you. And then he has the authority to tell you who you are. Now, let me camp out on that just for a second. Uh, in the military, whether a soldier feels like it or not, if, if their commanding officer says, hey, hey, Thompson, you're going to be point man going to the jungle, then he's point man. Why? Because his authority told him he was. My daughter plays basketball, Joy. She's 15 years old. She tried out for the varsity team and made it, and she was the youngest. So she plays on a team. Well, three days, uh, three days into the season, <clears throat> the coach came over and said, Joy, uh, you're good enough to start. You're going to be a starter. And Joy was thinking, hey, there's older girls on the bench. There's, old, there's juniors and seniors on the bench. I'm only a freshman. And the coach said, Joy, I am the coach. I determine who the starters are. If I say you're a starter, you're a starter. She started the rest of the season because he had the authority to tell her she was a starter. Well, who is our authority? There's no one higher than the Lord. So he made us, he loves us, and he has the authority to tell us who we are. So um, when, when the church understands that, my identity comes from what God says about me. If I am in Christ, he says I am a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17. So if God says it, it's true. Your feelings do not determine your identity. So our culture, this is why it's so important today, our culture is attacking identity. They're telling people, if you don't feel loved, maybe you're a different gender, or maybe uh, maybe you um, are, are supposed to be you know, acting or believing something about yourself that's not true. And Satan goes after identity because he knows whatever you believe about your identity is going to impact the way you live. So for the church to be salt and light, to be the city on a hill, we have to know who we are in Christ. And that will impact our behavior and the way we live out our faith. Hey, that was actually one of my uh, big, one of my favorite parts of the book was uh, the whole perspective of God on our us as creator created beings and uh, kind of accepting yourself and uh, one chapter and I'm not going to get it right because it's not in my notes but uh, just going off what you said was the idea that as we age we're uh, we are we're not who we used to be and that's okay right. uh, you, <laughs> I used to have hair you know you <laughs> 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 but uh how does uh, with that whole idea um do you find even for yourself that over time because i mean you used to be a pastor and now filmmaker although i mean filming was always a part does the identity uh continue to the challenge does the challenges of identity change for you as you've gone along does that make sense well, certainly, as you grow in the faith and, of course, just life experience, you begin to understand things at a deeper level. For me, while, while I was making the movie Overcomer, the Lord kind of uh, spoke to my heart. 
and said, Alex, you have the right ingredients to your identity, but they are out of order. And what and I talk and I ended up putting this scene in the movie. I know I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for many, many years. I have been to seminary. I am an ordained minister. I can marry and bury people. You know, I, I speak all the time. I just spoke eleven times in Brazil, you know, and presented the gospel. So I am a minister. But the foundation of who I am is as a child of God. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am washed in his blood, made new by what he's done for me. That is my foundation, all right? And this is what I had to get in order. That's my foundation. Not being a filmmaker, not being a a speaker, actor, any of that stuff. That is not my foundation. Those things can change. So my foundation is I understand I am in Christ, and Jesus does not change, so he is a stable foundation. Then my next responsibility is I'm a husband. I have made a lifelong commitment to my wife. Then I am a father. For a season of my life, I will be raising kids to know and love the Lord before sending them out you know, to marry and to do their own thing. And then fourthly, I'm a minister. And then fifthly, I'm a filmmaker, which is part of my job. So if the filmmaking goes away, if I never make another movie, I still know who I am. Because the filmmaking is not my foundation. Now, what the world is teaching us to do, even in the church, I say this, we invert that where your job becomes the foundation of your identity. And then later on up the ladder is uh, your Christianity. And and if you remember, I put this scene in the movie Overcomer, uh, where I I put Christian way down the list. So if your job changes and that's where you find your identity, well, then there's instability. It's like, who am I now? Because I just lost my job. You know, a lot of men that lose their jobs go into depression because they put their identity linked to their job. Well, that's important. Your job is important. For women, if when they link their identity mainly to their children, when they leave home, they struggle with who they are. There is a level of depression. It can't be that way. So for me, what I had to do, what the Lord prompted me to do is, Alex, you have the right ingredients, your faith and your role as husband and father and minister, filmmaker, but you have to get them in the right order. So Jesus is first, then husband, then father, then the minister movie stuff. Because those things might change. And to be honest, even though I pray they never change, it could change being a husband and a father. Those things could possibly change. But Jesus does not. So when I understand that I am a creation of God, loved by him, saved by him, and that my identity is in him because of what he's done for me, and that's my foundation, that is a stable foundation. Because I know the rest of my life could change to some degree. And so that has given me a, just an incredible sense of stability. And I would say in the last two years, I have a better understanding of that concept than I ever have before. Hey. Now, if I was to be honest, when I, because hey, we set this up, this is kind of a last minute setup uh, for an uh, interview. And I, I got the book and I was like, uh, filmmaker writing book. I hadn't read any of your other books and I, I, I crammed it yesterday and it, I, you know, I, I'll be honest here. I thought, okay, this could be a fluff piece kind of a thing. Just to, uh, uh, <laughs> this, this is this is this is some heavy, uh, solid yeah. theology uh, in here that uh, I want to put it next to some of my theology books when I'm done. Just to, like, yeah. but at the same point, very accessible. Uh, that I mean. Everyone, I mean, you recommend that people read it one chapter at a time. That, that's probably about what you should digest and really right. get. Uh, but at the same point, uh, I loved that 
it's stuff that you really need to go over. I mean, yeah. over and over again in your life. Uh, is there uh, certain things? Because it talk, it's kind of a, if to be honest, a systematic theology. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to call it that because that may not sell books, but it really is a good overview. Uh, is there certain things about God that you're currently that's kind of grabbing you at at this season of your life? Yes, um, and I and I and I think we talk about this in the book too. Um, I was amazed even reading scripture when Jesus was here, and I'll tie this back into to, to us living today. How you know when, if you remember when Jesus was baptized, he comes up out of the water. And God says audibly, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, right? That's the identity of Jesus. He is God's son, and the Father's pleased with him and loves him. Jesus then goes into the wilderness, and he's tempted by the devil. Now, we're aware of the areas of temptation that Satan tried to get Jesus. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life, because he... You know, tries to get him to turn rocks into stone. But there's something deeper I had never noted before about identity. How did Satan tempt Jesus? Because he does this to us today. He, he attacked his identity. He said, if you are the son of God, turn these rocks into bread. If you are the son of God, jump off the temple. In other words, he kept attacking his identity. Because if Jesus doesn't embrace what the Father says about him, then what could happen, you know? course, Jesus didn't sin, but Jesus did know who he was. So he didn't fall for that. Now, if, if the devil goes after the identity of the Son of God, what do you think he does to you and me? He goes after our identity, you know, because he doesn't want us to embrace what God says about it. He wants us to look at the surface stuff. I'm losing my hair. Oh, I'm less <laughs> handsome now. Oh, I'm, I'm, I didn't get my bonus this year. Oh, my finances aren't as good. Uh, you know, it's it's all surface feeling stuff. Instead of grabbing a hold of that foundation that God made you, He loves you, He knows you. In Christ, you are a new creation, and you'll be with Him for eternity. And so, those are the deeper things to grab onto. So, the devil goes after our worth. He goes after our value. He questions us constantly. That's what he does all the time. He questions what God says. But I'm mindful. God is in charge. He is the one in authority. He's the one that that has the ability to say, Alex. When you're in Christ, you are clean, you are forgiven, you're justified, you're redeemed, you're sealed, you're chosen, you're beloved. The Lord can say that. The devil doesn't. He just questions it. You're not really loved, are you? You don't feel loved, do you? Because you're not. That's what he says to us. So I'm more mindful today in my walk with God to believe and grasp what God says about me regardless of how I feel about it. I choose to believe what he says. And so the feelings... They, they get less and less important when I'm reading Scripture, when I'm praying to the Lord, because my faith is activated. Now, Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we know we must have faith. So every single day when I'm with God, it's a choice to I choose to believe what God says. I and if it contradicts my feelings, then I reject my feelings, right? They come and go. They can change. I choose to believe what God says because he's right. And so that, that in recent days, recent, uh, actually the last two years, has become more uh, solidified in the way I believe and think um, that my identity is going to be attacked by the world and the devil. I cannot listen, and I cannot trust even my own feelings. I must trust the Lord and what he says, 
and embrace that as truth. Another part of my favorite was when you're talking about the importance of being led by the Spirit, and you use kind of the examples of making movies. Uh, Yeah. and we may jump back to that in a second, but I, I was also doing watching a video that you did with Dallas Theological Seminary, and you talked yeah. uh, talked about not jumping ahead of what God does and right. not lagging behind. Uh, right. Any practical advice on how to do that in real life? Because I, it is it is a tendency of all of us to either go <laughs> one extreme or the other. Right. So I'm going to give you a practical example that we're dealing with in my house right now. My third child is a senior in high school. Her name is Catherine. And she is looking at colleges right now. And of course, when you make a college decision, that's a pretty significant decision in your life. And she doesn't know which college to choose yet. She's been accepted uh, by multiple colleges. And so she's like, well, She's trying to narrow down what the area she wants to study. And I'm thinking, you're still in high school. A lot of people don't know exactly what they're going to major in yet. And so she has fretted about that because she wants to make a very good decision. And so I'm, I'm reminding her, okay, in all of the decisions that we make, whether it's a movie or writing a book or, or family decisions, and as I told you earlier, we're praying about spouse decisions for our children in the future. Those are Those are hefty decisions. And so... We need the Lord's guidance. You know, when he says Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not part of your heart, all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In other words, your logic cannot be the main driver. You need to include your logic and wisdom, but your logic, what's the main driver? Faith in the Lord. Ask him what he wants you to do. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Okay, that's a promise. He's going to direct our path when we acknowledge it. And he has the ability to do that. And as we know from Psalm 139, he sees all of our days anyway before we live them. He already knows the end of the movie, right? So what, what we're teaching Catherine is, Catherine, do not fret about colleges. Let's do our, what we're supposed to be doing. We'll do our research. We may visit some campuses. But we're praying. We're going to ask the Lord to make it clear. Where would he be, be glorified and honored for you to attend? What does he want you to do? And let's trust the Lord and stop fretting. You don't have to have the answers today. Well, what she's tempted to do is just to have a decision made to go and make a decision. I'm just going to make this my major for now, and I'm going to choose this college for now. And I'm like, wait a minute, has the Lord given you peace about that? Well, not yet. Okay, then you're jumping ahead of him, right? So let's wait. Let's let's walk with him and let's ask the Lord to uh, to guide that process and to open the door that you're supposed to walk through and shut the door you're not supposed to walk through. Now, conversely, there have been times in my life where I lagged behind God, where the Lord was prompting me to do something, and I didn't want to do it. So, like, War Room was one of those. Alex, this is the plot of the next movie. Oh, it can't be the plot. That's not even a good—it's not cinema. It's, it's, it's a closet. You know, it's, it, prayer is not exciting. You know, prayer is not going to draw the masses. They don't even go to prayer meetings in their own churches. Why would they come see this movie? And so I lagged, and, I lagged, and the Lord kept prompting me, this is, you, you're asking me, Alex, and I'm pointing you the right direction. This is the direction. And so I almost took too long. I almost said, okay, let's wait another year, and let's keep praying. But the Lord had made it very clear, this is what I want you to do. So in those two situations, uh, I was in danger of lagging behind God when the Lord said, take a step of faith, and I did not initially. But we ended up doing it, and you know, the war room went crazy. 
for my daughter's college decision, we're telling her, don't fret. Take your worries to the Lord. Don't jump ahead of God and make a decision that the Lord hasn't given you a piece to make yet. Let's pray about it and ask for the open door. Uh, let's ask for a, a peace in our heart and for the Lord to confirm the direction. And let's ask him to close the doors that he doesn't want you to go to. That may be, hey, you don't get the scholarship over here. Or, hey, you didn't make the soccer team over here. Or, hey, you know, um, the, 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 they, don't, they no longer, I've actually seen this, they no longer provide the major that you wanted. It could be a number of things. But um, when the Lord opens a door uh, and he gives you that peace and comfort and, and even, you know, when you're reading scripture, sometimes the verses have jumped out at me where the Lord says this is for this time. So I'm learning don't jump ahead of God. Don't lag behind him. Walk with him every day. Trust him every day and he will guide your path. That's very solid. That's great advice. All right. So this book is part of a whole package of stuff because uh, you've got a couple other books there's a uh, teen book, kids books. Uh, can you kind of talk about, and then the DVDs are coming out November 26, correct? For us, we wanted to make sure that we were addressing the issue of identity at the appropriate levels. Because talking to a man about identity in regards to maybe his employment or something is different than talking to a child or even a teenager that may be struggling more with what their peers think in high school or middle school. And so we realized we needed to approach identity from different age levels. And so the primary book that we would point people to is Defined, Who God Says You Are. That's that white book. Um, and that basically talks the, the deepest level about identity. Under that, we have a book for uh, teenage girls and young women called Radiant. And that was written by Priscilla Shire. She's actually in the movie Overcomer. And it is an incredible book. I did read it, if anybody wants to know, even though it's for girls, because I want my daughters to read it. That's an incredible book. And for boys, it's called Revealed. So the boys, uh, teenage boys and young men have a book called Revealed. We take a CSI approach to identity as they help uh, learn who they are in Christ, even at a teenage level. So a 14 to 19 year old young man, that would be a perfect book for him. It's called Revealed. Under that, we have Bible studies for, for all three of those um, books for Defined. So, like a, a church or, or a couple could go through the Defined Bible study along with the book. Girls could go through the Defined Bible study for young women that partners with the book Radiant. And then boys can go through the Defined Teenage Bible study that goes with Revealed. And then under that, we have um, more books for young people, uh, young kids, and this is at the elementary school level or even the young level. Um, we have a book called Wonderful, and basically it's about how God made you. And Amy Parker helped us write that book. And then the youngest one is called What's So Wonderful About Webster? And that is literally a kid's book, four, five, six-year-olds. It'd be perfect where God talks about the value that he gives, uh, gives all of us at creation. So it's a fun book to read. So those are the resources out there, and we hope that churches and people take advantage of these. And again, identity is so crucial, especially because it's being attacked in this day and age for believers to know who you are in Christ. And that's that's what we hope to build up with these resources. Well, thanks for taking the time today. I appreciate it. Great to talk to you, Kevin. Thanks for putting up with the technical stuff. <laughs> God bless.
Well, there you have it. I hope that this was an encouragement to you today as you go about your day to not uh, base your identity on your feelings, but on what the Bible says about you as who you are as a child of God. Uh, if you want to check out those resources, uh, his, his website is the uh, kendrickbrothers.com. That's uh, K-E-N-D-R-I-C-K. He mentioned a little technical thing, so I didn't get a, uh, a chance to have him uh, give that right on the show there, but uh, it's uh, kendrickbrothers.com, and you can find him uh, online as well. Uh, or you can also go over to our show notes, which is uh, enjoyingprayer.org, and click on podcasting. You can find all the resources mentioned in the show notes there uh, that he talked about. Uh, but before we head on to your day, let me just pray over you, because this is kind of an important topic uh, that we need to settle with, uh, with ourselves and kind of re-go back to over because as he said, the devil will, uh, will go after your identity again and again. So Lord, I pray for uh, the listener right now, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch their heart. Lord, I pray where the lies of the enemy have come into them. Maybe they're listening uh, as they go on their their way, or they're on the treadmill, whatever, wherever they're listening to this right now. I pray that your scripture would come to their mind about the truth of who they are in you. Lord, I pray that chains would be broken off of them, that uh, for lies of the enemy uh, that has been told to their heart, if they feel unloved, unworthy, whatever it is, God, I pray that you would break it off. Lord, the truth would set them free, that they would know you and enjoy you and all you've designed them to be. So bless them now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. I pray that this was an encouragement to you today, that you would rest in who you are in Christ today. And until next time, thanks for listening.